You're listening to Winnipeg's Classic 107. My name is Simon Rusnak. This weekend, TikTok, no, not the app, but the directorial duo, presents their second offering to Winnipeg audiences. Bringing together a diverse and vibrant group of artists beyond the accident of time marks the solemn centenary of a black mark in the country's history. To hear more, Sasha Amaya and Naomi Wu have joined me. Hello to you both. Hello. Good morning, Simon. Uh, so, Naomi, uh, you're here with me in studio. Uh, we just had you in last week. Thrilled that you're back already. Sasha, you've connected with us virtually. Thanks so much for doing so. But a, a bit of a disclaimer, because uh, we all know technology can be a little finicky at times. So uh, thrilled that you've joined us, Sasha. Thanks for having us. Uh, so let's begin by talking about July 1st, Canada Day, or as I understand it, a day known by another name in Chinese communities. Uh, Naomi, can, can you tell us more? Sure. So in 1923, on July 1st, the uh, Chinese Immigration Act went into place, a bit of a misnomer because it was not an act that allowed immigration, but in fact prevented immigration from almost all Chinese um, people of Chinese ethnicity, wherever they were from in the world, from coming into Canada. And this act was not repealed until 1947. So it's 23 years. Um, and during this time, the day, July 1st, was known not as Dominion Day, as it was called at the time, but it was known among the Chinese community as Humiliation Day. So um, a discriminatory, rape, racist, and, and, and reprehe- reprehensible act, um, as you say, one that was in place for, for 23 years. A formal apology came in 2006 from then Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Um, of course, this is one that's tough to distill into a few words, but, but can you speak of, of the impact on families uh, that this, this policy had, uh, Naomi? Well, um, at the time, uh, many of the Chinese immigrants living in Canada were men, many of whom had families back home in China who they had hoped and intended to bring with them. So really keeping families split. And and I would say also that that the effect can really be shown in, in the archival text that shows up in one of the pieces we're going to perform. I don't know, Sasha, if you want to speak to to that archival text at all. Sure. I think this project is is so special and so exciting because it's an opportunity for Winnipeg-based composer Ashley Au to reset texts that were found in an archive by archivist um, Jun Chow. And the lyrics are by an unknown author, but were part of a competition in 1923 that were for songs protesting testing the act itself. And so for the 100th anniversary, uh, Ao has recreated music to bring these protest lyrics back to life. And this is a part of a bigger project called the Paper Trail to the 1923 Chinese Exclusion Act. Um, Sasha, I'm wondering, before we uh, talk more about the performances that are going to be happening this weekend, um, the Classic 107 audience, very familiar with with Naomi and and her work with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra and Sistema. Can you tell us a, a bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. I am a dancer, choreographer, and interdisciplinary artist that was raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And Naomi and I actually, we met at university in the UK. And it's quite funny because we were both Canadian, studying in the UK at the same college. And we found each other because there was a call for a, a small opera fund. And coming from a history where I grew up studying classical piano, um, studied a lot of ballet, had taken part in some theater projects. And I was like, you know what? I would love to direct an opera. As a student, I connected with Naomi and Naomi's like, yeah, I'm a, a young conductor. Let's do this. So we created our first project together. It was uh, Marc-Antoine Charpentier's uh, Acteon, Changer en Biche, um, an amazing early proto-opera of the French Baroque. 
And that was almost eight years ago. And since then, we've been collaborating both on classical projects, but also very contemporary interdisciplinary work. And it was a crazy chance that of all places in the world, Naomi would then get a position at the WSO (laughs) in the city in which I grew up. And so we're really delighted because of the pandemic. We had to take a bit of a hiatus. But now since uh, December, we started to perform again also in Winnipeg. So we're very excited to be working here together now. Funny the way the universe works sometimes. I mean, you, you meet at Cambridge in the UK, and then Naomi happens to end up back in Winnipeg, which we're all so thankful for for many reasons. Um, Sasha, in, in one of your bios, um, you, you talk about your interest in how we frame, utilize, reject, and repurpose historical narratives and techniques in contemporary art. Can you talk more about how TikTok performance allows you to explore I- exactly that? Yeah, that is definitely one of the, the the big motivators and questions behind kind of my entire um, artistic work. And with Naomi through TikTok, and I will just say we actually did have that name before TikTok became an <laughs> app. And we're like, what do we do with this name? <laughs> but with, you know, with TikTok, we're really able to, uh, I think Naomi and I have this really special relationship in which, you know, I'm a dancer and a choreographer, but I I have some knowledge and some facility with music. And Naomi is an amazing musician and conductor and pianist, but is very perceptive, aware of and intelligent about theater, dramaturgy, choreography. So we're able to have these very complex and very, um, yeah, valuable conversations and kind of challenge each other to try to bring together these two worlds and understand together how the histories of art uh, can still be meaningful today. Um, Naomi, I- I'm curious about this performance, mm-hmm. um, or I guess I should say performances, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a series planned, right? That's right. So there's two pieces on the program. One is this choral song by Ashley Au that Sasha mentioned, which has quite a beautiful genesis because um, my father is planning uh, and, in fact, has already planned a series of events for the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Exclusion Act and approached me a couple months ago with this archival text. And he said, look, I've heard about this text. Um, it, It was a song, but we don't have any music for it. He said, how does one go about commissioning a piece of music? <laughs> and it was a very sweet moment of my dad asking me for for advice and also wanting to know something about my world. And I said, it's possible, but you've got to get started right away if you yeah. want this ready for June. <laughs> and so I immediately thought of Ashley um, uh, for many, many reasons, because she's an incredible composer, because she's a friend, um, and also because she has a grandfather who paid a head tax in 1947. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the combination of her family connection to the material and uh, and her incredible compositional skills would make a perfect fit. Uh, she actually was just in Ottawa for the premiere. I was really thrilled to bring that to life. So this piece uh, is one of the pieces on the program, but there's one other piece on the program. It's by a composer called Lelehua Lanzalotti, who's a, a Kanaka Maoli composer from a native Hawaiian composer. And this piece was originally written for the, the Isamu Noguchi Museum, hmm. uh, the Japanese Japanese-American sculptor. And it was written for a, a bell sculpture that Noguchi made uh, that he imagined it as a sculpture consisting of bells coming from all over the world. It's a sculpture that was never completed. And so she wrote this piece. It's um, in memory of the victims of Hiroshima. And she wrote this piece for Noguchi sculptures. And in keeping with Noguchi's idea that the bells in his sculpture would come from all over the world, Lanzalotti 
imagines that her piece should be performed all over the world by bells that are really specific and local to the places where they're being performed. And so in our performance of Lanzalotti's piece, which is called Beyond the Accident of Time, one of the central bells that we're using is a Filipino saranai, which is an extremely beautiful instrument. And um, it's being performed by Kevin Arcedo, who is a, a wonderful musician, musicologist, and he's actually playing a saranai that he constructed the, the frame for himself. So it's an instrument that comes from Mindanao. Um, it's uh, in the same family as the kulintang, which is a gong row, mm. Filipino gong row instrument, and um, made of galvanized steel, the gongs are, and then he built the frame out of wood. Uh, it has a really beautiful, bright tone, and I think has a special connection to Kevin, who grew up here in Winnipeg. So we're really happy that this has a special resonance here. Yeah, it really, really does. And um, one other thing that you know I do want to mention is that these are very public-facing performances, mm-hmm. um, right? You're going to be popping up around town the next couple of days. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. I think Sasha can speak best to the places where we're going to be performing. Okay, go for it, Sasha. Yeah, this was a really exciting aspect um, when Naomi and I were planning this work because we wanted to really make it visible. This is a a political and historical moment. So at first we were thinking, okay, we want to bring this uh, to the grounds of the legislature. But then the more that I was thinking about space and place and history of Winnipeg, we actually decided that it would be wonderful to do it in more than one spot. So tonight you can catch us at seven Mm o'clock doing a a pop-up in front of the Louis Riel statue and the legislature. That's the south side of the legislature. And this area was important for us because it speaks directly to to the to law, to society. Uh, it's very public facing. Then tomorrow we move to Stephen Yuba Park for a 6.30 performance. And waterfront, the forks, the meaning of the two rivers, but also the space around where Winnipeg's historic strikes were held. It's such a politically important area that we also wanted to connect to some of Winnipeg's very particular history by performing as well in this area and the resonances that it has. And then we move over to our 7.30 performance, which um, is the one that has been most publicized. And this is back at the uh, Winnipeg Chinese Cultural Community Center, And here we will perform in the open space of the incredibly beautiful, architecturally sensitive courtyard there. And although we wanted to travel through ideas of law and legislation and Winnipeg's history, it was also important for us to bring it back to really the Chinese community and this very integral, beautiful, important space. So we will be there at 730 and we really hope everyone joins us. Both pieces are remarkable. A very important project indeed. Um, and if people are looking to learn more, uh, where can they go? Are you on TikTok is basically <laughs> what I'm wondering here. Where can people go for more details? People can visit our website, which is www.tt-tt-tt.com. And we'll be sure to get all the links up at Classic 107. Uh, Naomi, Sasha, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Simon.